Big screen. Little screen. Rinse FM, SK Vibe Maker, big screen, little screen. If you're tuning in for the first time, it's where we talk about everything good in the cinema and on your TV screens and everything else in between. No movie report at Lowry today, but I have the cast of the new film, People Just Do Nothing Big in Japan, Corrupt FM and director Jack Clough. We're going to get straight into the conversation. How patient do you think you guys have had to be considering that this film was filmed at the end of 2019, was meant to be out August 2020, but is now being released August 2021 because of the worldwide pandemic? You know what? It's, it was crazy sitting on it for so long, but I suppose we're all in the same boat. You know, there must have been so many things that people couldn't do and, and put off. And I guess last year was the first time that everyone could just stop and everyone's on an even playing field. But at the time, it felt like a bit, you know, not knowing if... It was going to come in the cinema. Yeah, well. exactly. When it would come in the cinemas and we're losing momentum and stuff like that. But actually, it's worked out for the better because it's helped build it up so much that yeah. uh, people are, you know, hopefully people are excited and, and waiting for it. And it feels like a, a time now where people really need to yeah, go to the cinema like the right and, time. and have a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Mm. After, after, the, after the year. At our expense. It's surreal seeing it on the side of buses, seeing it in the cinemas now and everything. So yeah, we're excited and yeah, been sitting on it for like a, over a year now. Yeah, it's we've been, been ready like, to go. It's like, you know, when you're with a girl and you're on a date and she comes around the first day and you need to fart and you hold <laughs> the fart in and the minute you like, you want to drop that fart so much. But it's not the right times, and then the minute the door shuts, you just let it rip. Yeah, and that's what it feels like. It feels good. It's a great release. Mm-hmm. I feel light. That's a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that maybe watch this film that haven't seen the TV series. So, how would you break down this film to those that haven't seen the TV series? I mean, I think if you don't know the whole backstory of Corrupt FM, that it, we do kind of explain it at the beginning of the film to some extent, but it's, it's essentially about a group of uh, a group of MCs and DJs who um, have an opportunity to to experience a level of success in the music scene, but not on their own terms. They are basically uh, famous because their tunes been used on a Japanese game show, mm-hmm. so they're flown out to Japan to experience. Uh, this this sort of success that they imagine that they're going to be experiencing and it what it turns out to be is the japanese music scene trying to sort of take advantage of uh of them and trying to sort of turn them into more of a pop act and what that does to them as a group and how they deal with that and and their sort of experience of fame i guess which is partly based on our own experiences of fame in places and and also just uh yeah, it's just it's just an amazing experience to see them out in a completely different world. Obviously, Tokyo, such a mad place. So, it's yeah, kind it's... of like a story about kind of selling your soul as well, mm-hmm. like all all valuing your friendship, like what's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? About like it's about loyalty, it's about friendship, it's about you know like compromise and all that kind of stuff. Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's universal. It works on a many levels, even if you haven't seen, like Steve said as well, within the first like couple of minutes, we explain that the world you're in anyway. So if you haven't seen it, you know, it, it, it still works. So Jack, man, tell me how it's been like sort of transitioning from the TV series, you know, the little screen to the big screen and doing a feature length movie. Oh, it's, uh, it's mad. I mean, it's so, so exciting, but it's all been all about like, well, how do we up the scale of it? Like make it, 
keep the soul of the TV series, but make it into a cinematic experience, something that's like worthy of going to the cinema for. Yeah, the writing process was was uh, was different. Um, we had to like, you know, writing something that's going to keep people in the cinema for an hour and a half is different from like half an hour eps on TV. Um, but we also wanted to make sure we kept the same essence and tone of the original show. You know what I mean? We're not just doing a film for the sake of it. It's like, we want that to be a continuation of that. And uh, visually as well, we wanted to make it look different, but there was a cheat for that, Japan. Japan just looks amazing. It's like Tokyo's like a real cinematic looking place. It's a great backdrop. Very well lit. You don't even yeah, need lighting. Yeah, very well lit. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So the, all these things kind of kind of helped, uh, you know, make Giving it. Giving that into, cinematic flavour. Yeah. Anyone who's familiar with the TV series, Jack, definitely knows that the Corrupt FM lads are definitely... A crazy bunch of lads, do you know what I'm saying? How has it been directing them? Because you've been very much involved in the TV series and now on the big screen. Talk to us about that experience. Yeah, they're a group to they're a group to handle, and they uh, yeah, they've got a lot of energy. And I guess yeah, in some situations I have to be like the sensible one who's like, okay, right, no, right, okay, calm down. Here's what we're doing. But I mean, we're like a sort of it's a family unit, and we have like such a good laugh. I get to sit behind a monitor. I get paid to sit behind a monitor <laughs> and watch them basically crack jokes for like weeks and weeks on end, and it's like it's it's such a good laugh <laughs> so would you say it's pretty pretty easy rather than a challenge uh i wouldn't go that far I, it's it's a beautiful challenge it's <laughs> it's uh yeah it has it's 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 a joy though yeah yeah it's great fun <laughs> As him like you know obviously a very popular tv series um five years five seasons i mean you know transitioning to the big screen you know a movie and stuff was that some of the ambitions from the beginning like, can you talk about what some of the ambitions were when you started off? Because it started off very viral, very organically. No, I don't think we ever thought when we first started doing the film that uh, the movie, the TV show, that yeah, the end goals of a film, like a movie, like you know, that's it's quite surreal. We always took it like every bit by bit, like you know, what I mean, it wasn't easy. This like the come up wasn't easy at all. Like I, I said this before, but like Jose Mourinho, I read the quote, a quote of him the other day. He said, "It takes ten years to become an overnight success." I think a lot of people see that the success is now. We got a movie out, you know, blah blah blah. I got a BAFTA, blah blah blah. We're doing live shows, but you know, it took us years to like, you know, like 11, 12 years. You know, when we first got the pilot, it was like a long wait to see if we got, you know, the series. And then we got one series, and then it was only four episodes. Then it was another way. And then the second series was only five episodes. And then the third series was six episodes. Then we won the BAFTA. It's been a long journey. Mm-hmm. And like we've done it together as friends. So I think around the third series after the BAFTA, that's when, you know, movie talk started happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, we started thinking maybe, you know, that it feels like a natural progression to mm-hmm. end a TV show off, you know, with a film. But also it's quite daunting because there's not many TV shows, comedy, that translate well into film. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very hard task to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we were brave enough to do it, but we also spent a lot of time thinking about it and developing it. And we said and we were confident with it. Yeah, you know? we said even when we were even when we finished series five, we said we aren't going to do a film unless it's the right idea. There's no there's no like we're going to do a film and now we're going to figure out the idea. It was we think of the idea and if it's good enough, then we'll say, yeah, we'll do a film. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's how we entertain the idea at first. And uh, and yeah, once we came up with the Japan thing, it just clicked, it just made sense. Straight up. Grinder, you got a big line in the film where you say, if you can't handle the fame, get out of the kitchen. 
surely you can remember that line. How have you guys managed to deal with, you know, the rising of you guys' brand and popularity and fame over the years, like in real life? Go with you first, Beats. I honestly don't feel like I am famous. Like I'm in one show that's that has been fortunately successful, but I feel like yeah, I'm just I'm just lucky. Like I'm not I'm like everyone else. Like I just we took a risk and tried something different and it paid off. There's nothing that separates me from someone who comes up to me on the street. I feel like cuz there's that five of us as best friends and we've done it together that we um, kind of, you know, that like we keep each other in check and keep each other that humble and strong as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's like we've never planned any of this, any of the, you know, little successes we have had. Do you know what I mean? So everything that happens, we we might appreciate. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, you know, we're not entitled to anything. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just yeah. hard work and yeah. You know, just being fortunate and enjoying ourselves. Yeah, man. Now, you're always going to have naysayers. Corrupt FM is a, a big brand, a popular brand, a brand that has provided a lot of people with fun and laughter in their life. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's a good thing. But you got some of the purists that have come from the garage scene, the underground scene, that look at what you guys are doing as a, a real mockery to what they've done in real life. I'm sure you've had this question aimed at you a few times. How have you dealt with those purists and those kind of opinions over the years? To be honest, none of them said it to our face. <laughs> because I'm from that world, do you know what I mean? Like, so if that's the case, like whether we made it or not, we was putting in hours on pirate radio. Like Corrupt FM was a real pirate radio station from where I'm from and I've been on rooftops. I used to do that, I used to go raving, graphing, blazing clothes, everything. That was our lifestyle, do you know what I mean? So no one can say anything really. Do you know yeah, I mean? we're not mocking like the music or the people that do it or that world. It, it's the joke is on these idiots. Yeah, the joke is on the ego, these like, characters. We, we respect the culture like you can see that in the show like down to the fine finite details down to how the one tens are laced do you know yeah. what i mean like, like you you can't you know like if you had someone who's not from that world make a comedy about it you would immediately be able to tell that mm. they they are they're mocking this culture but we're you know if they feel that way then you know maybe they need to work a bit on their bars or something. Yeah. Step the game up. Yeah, step your game up. <laughs> <laughs> now let's let's get something straight, man. There's some talk that you guys might be changing your name to Bang Boys and stuff. Like, I mean, can you give us an update on that? Not I think saying? Grind has come to his senses by the end of the film and, and Corrupted Femme is back. Yeah, and, and for once, he's listened to his best friend Beats and, uh, you know, yeah. Beats, Beats was right once. Once, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. rare that he's right, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, rare that Grinder accepts that he's right. Because at the end of the day, whatever happens in the TV and the film, it's a, really it's a tale about friendship, man. Like, it's, we all know it, innit? Like, growing up, you know, people, real life comes into play, but all that really mattered was doing music with your friends, you know what I mean? And, and it's a kind of be careful what you wish for story. Like, they go to Japan and, you know, you become famous for the wrong reason and it gets in the way of your friendships and, uh -huh. uh, you know, lucky DJ Beats was there to, to, to get <laughs> guys, him out. to fish uh -huh. him out, you know, uh -huh. get into his senses, man. Yeah. I mean, you've gone to Japan in this movie. There was talk of you going to Las Vegas. I mean, is that still going to happen? What's the future for Corrupt FM? Is there, is there a Las Vegas film now? We haven't heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> Has Grindr been speaking to you? <laughs> we heard something about it, you know what I mean, through the grapevine. I mean, is there any is there any sequel talk? I mean, what's the future for Corrupt FM? Not at the moment, but I guess it's one of those things of seeing how it's received and if people 
there we go. if people enjoy it and, and you know from what i've seen at the moment from p- people who have watched it they're Seems, enjoying it yeah. so that's that's yeah. a good sign um i think uh, these characters we love playing them we love doing this stuff uh and it's just finding the right spaces to to use them really so yeah if if the another fil- i wouldn't rule out another film yeah i wouldn't rule out anything really but kind of depends on how well this one does i'm not gonna lie <laughs> we, we, we'll break talking, even at least yeah, we were course. talking earlier about about like alan partridge and about the way that steve coogan yeah. uses that character and he sort of he dips back into it mm. after like having a few years off or whatever doing other things and and comes back and makes another banger that's like completely different format even but it's like hilarious and the character still bangs and it's like it's about finding uh the right places for our characters to to shine i guess and it's yeah we don't want to just keep on doing the same thing we want to find ways to keep it interesting keep it moving yeah straight up so jack how would you kind of like you know give advice to maybe budding directors or other directors out there that are looking to transition from the little screen to the big screen when it comes from TV to feature length transition, you know, kind of break down some of the challenges and some of the things that people should be aware of, directors should be aware of. The best advice for that is make stuff. Like, you know, there's so many, it's so, there's cameras everywhere. There's editing software that you can get uh, and you can put stuff up on YouTube. And like these guys are a case in point. It's like, if you make stuff and you, are making stuff that you like someone's going to connect to that mm-hmm. and like and hopefully yeah if you keep pushing that and if you keep like the passion involved in that then like you can make it and you can you can get somewhere with that mm-hmm. and uh like when it comes to like doing tv like uh, going to the big screen i think what was really different was actually like the longer narrative so it's mm-hmm. like okay well how do we manage a longer narrative keep it interesting but keep like all the jokes in, keep the stuff that like makes the TV show work. The essence. Yeah, keep the essence of it without it feeling like three episodes stuck together or like something really <laughs> long, something that isn't a movie. Yeah. Like that was definitely <laughs> a mm-hmm. challenge, yeah. Mm. And uh, making a film as well, it's just there are little things that like the little bits of craft that like you can't, you might not have time to do with a TV show or that like, it's just like a detail that would get lost on a small screen that suddenly it's like when you blow up like grinders face to like, <laughs> you know, be as massive as a cinema screen. It's like, okay. Yeah. Do people want to see him that close up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how skin tight do we want the Lycra to be? Big questions. Yeah. Serious questions. Yeah. <laughs> People just do nothing big in Japan out in UK cinemas now. Make sure you head on down there, you know, to the cinema screens and watch that, man. Thank you very much, lads. Big up, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you very man. much, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Good time. Cheers, bro. Big screen, little screen.